And let's say it. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's just that simple. Good to have all of you here. Come on up here, honey. My wife and I are going to share a word today. And uh, we're really going to be talking about God's love. And uh, not just because it's a season of Christmas and about love, but really the greatest gift that has been given is the gift of love that God gave to each and every one of us through his son, Jesus. The world is out there looking for what we have. And there are so many people out there, honey, in the world today that, that they're lost. They just don't know that the provision, the gift that we all have need of has already been given to us. We walk in that love. I, I know in my life, before I knew the Lord, and even after I knew the Lord, I wasn't walking in the fullness because I didn't know how much God loved me. I knew how I felt about myself and the past and situations, circumstances. And so I didn't see myself through God's love. I didn't even know what God was all about. Somebody just said, Joe's father, you know, you need Jesus in your life. And I said, this is exactly what I thought. Why not? Everything else isn't working. And that is how I came to the Lord. A man confronted me in love. and uh, But I continued on the path of, of not really accomplishing anything for God. But it wasn't until I understood, and I'm still understanding it, his love, how much he loves us. And that no matter what we do or what we say or what happens, nothing can separate us from God loving us because he is love. And that's First John 4, 8. God never changes who he is. You know, as I, <clears throat> oh, I think the reverb might be on. I was, uh, as a young woman with three children by myself, uh, I didn't understand love according to the way God loves. I just understood people's love. And, um, and then when you deal with people's love, you can deal with rejection. And then that makes you want to close off to any kind of love. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember back in the day that God really turned my life around. It was actually a whole year in 1979. Uh, he gave me that song that the Gaithers did that said, and many of you don't even know who the Gaithers are, but they're, they were very You're popular. dating yourself, honey, but That's keep right. going. I don't care. They're still on television, but only older people listen, I think. But anyway, uh, they, they, were, they really wrote a lot of good music, and one of them was, I am loved. Uh, I am loved. I, am, I can risk loving. Yeah, but it goes, I am loved. I am loved. I can risk Everybody say risk. Love is a risk. It is a risk. And with love comes all kinds of emotions uh, that when, especially if you have to walk in love when you're walking with somebody unlovely or someone who doesn't love you or doesn't like you. So love has many facets, but God is love. That's what the word of God says. So if we're in God, if we're in Christ, then love is in us. But I didn't understand that. I didn't know that God loved me just like my husband. So uh, I am loved. I am loved. I can risk loving you. The rest of it was because the one who knows me. How many of you know you know yourself? That's the greatest problem you probably have is that you know things that nobody knows except God. But this was the rest of it. The one who knows me best loves me most. Isn't that a good word? 
the one who knows me best knows all those things in me that I wouldn't even want somebody else to know. He loves me best. And once that became a revelation in my life, uh, I began to be healed from the inside out. My life really began to uh, come alive, if that makes sense. I, I began to live because I could live because he loved me. And it doesn't matter who doesn't love you. You need to always remember God does love you. And if you can remember that, and it's because he knows you. That was so comforting to me because I knew all the things I'd done wrong. And those were the things that really kept me from loving myself. And until you love yourself, you can't love somebody else. And so if he could love me knowing me, then I had to learn to love me knowing me. You know, that's so true. And people, God loves all the people in the world. And there are people serving God. There are people not serving God. There are people doing hateful things like San Bernardino and other things. The devil loves to occupy people. God loves all people, though, even though some have gone the way of the devil and the way of the world. But we're called to love people, not the evil that they do. We hate evil. We hate, we hate the things that the devil does. And if the devil's using a person, we hate the devil in that person. But we love people regardless of who they are because everybody is in the image of God, created the image of God. When Pam and I first got together, Pam told me I hadn't walked with the Lord as long as she had and she said, I love you, but I want you to know that I love Jesus more than you. I love God more than you. I wasn't sure I liked that. Uh, <laughs> I really wasn't. I hadn't lo- I w- walked with the Lord that long. I thought, ah, I don't mind being on an even plane with them, but I don't know if the- I want them ahead of me. Uh, and that was really what I felt because I did not understand how much God loved me the plan, the purpose that God had for me. I believe the entire Bible is based on the power force and the source of love. And once you get a hold of that, it'll change your life. We don't serve God because we have to or because we're told to or because we're commanded to. We serve God because we love God. We want to love God. We want to serve God because we understand how much he loves us. And that's why when you read 1 Corinthians 13, 13, there's faith, hope, and and charity or faith, hope, and love. But the greatest gift is the gift of love, that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that he never wanted to judge the world, although God will judge the world and God will judge every nation of the world and he will judge people. But he didn't want to judge people and send them to hell. He wanted them to love him and come to him so that we would walk with the fullness of, of God. And so when we see people doing things, it, we, we hate the sin and we hate the challenge, but we will not come into agreement with the devil to be, oh, let's just love everybody and they let them do whatever they want to do. No, 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 no. That's not love. That is enabling people to be used by the devil. The love of God will confront people in love and let them know that you're going the wrong direction. And if you keep going, you may end up in hell, but I will love you all the way and I'll be praying for you all the way. And I'm going to have the answer for you all the way, because that is exactly the kind of of response God gives to people. If you want to send yourself to hell, he'll let you go, but he's going to do everything he can to pull you back and repent and get right with him, honey. Well, love, love corrects because love sees truth. And if you see truth, you can't leave someone walking in deception. So, you know, we, we find the way to say it the way God would say it, but love speaks and love speaks truth. When God healed my heart, he spoke truth to me 
he pointed out some things in my life that need to be corrected. They were things that I didn't even know I was doing, but I was doing as a result of things that had happened to me through my life. And, you know, when you have pain in your heart, you know, there's times where somebody touches that place. How many of you have ever hurt yourself? And, and that hurts if you touch it. And so there's that pain in your heart sometimes that the enemy will come for that and touch it. And then that causes a response. And so God had to heal me of a lot of things. So there was correction. Love does correct. So we can't just say, oh, that's fine. We love you. We don't want you to feel bad. That is that. I don't want you to feel bad. Is just a way to hold people in captivity. We don't not tell people things because we don't want them to feel bad. We don't say things because God told us not to. I've had God tell me not to say things to people, but it wasn't because I didn't want them to feel bad. What they're doing is killing them. So whether they know they're feeling bad or not, they really are feeling bad. They just don't know it until the devil makes it real. How many of you were doing things and you didn't feel bad at the moment, but later felt real bad? Well, that's because all that time... Joe raised his hand. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and both feet. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just the revelation that God is love and love corrects is a real protection for us, especially in the day we're living in. Because God loves us enough to want to help us not be in harm's way. Every person on the face of the earth have the two same dominant desires. Number one, you have a desire to be loved. And number two, you have a desire to love someone. I believe that comes directly from the throne room of God because I believe that is exactly how God is. God is love and God loves and God wants to be loved. And when you understand that, you can understand why when, when, when the, 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 the lawyers came to, to Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus responded and said, hear, O Israel, this, the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of people think the order is loving God first, loving your neighbor, and then loving yourself. The order is loving God with every ounce of your being and loving yourself the way God loves you so that you can then in turn love your neighbor. It's hard to love people who are not lovely if you don't have the love of God operating in you because you will operate with an emotional love based on right or wrong. Love has nothing to do with right or wrong. Agape love is an act of the will. I'm going to love you because you are a human being. You are created in the image of Almighty God, and God has commanded me to love you regardless of the fact that I don't like anything about you. Does that make sense to you? you know, it's very quiet in here when I said that. Does that make sense to anybody? In other words, I don't like anything that you're doing. I don't like the way you're acting. I don't like the things you're doing. But I'm going to love you because God told me I need to love you. And I'm going to continue to love you. And somebody did that for many of you here today. I know people did that for me. They loved me when I wasn't acting the way I should. Unconditional love is something that we have to work on every moment of every day. Marriages have to work on that. I have to work on that. Sometimes you have yeah. to work on that. But you know what? The dog never has to work on it. <laughs> that's, that's why all a guy really needs is a dog, right? No. 
It doesn't matter what you do with the dog. I think the dog's got the answer. All the dog does is wag the tail and jump on your lap and want to love on you and lick on you. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're the most like Jesus, actually, pets. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because they don't have, you know, their unconditional love. They just love you no matter what you do. They love you. But, but really, unconditional love, honey, if you, if you have, it, when you get that revelation of what it is and then you start to operate in it and you realize, like Brad said, it, it's a seed we sow, we're going to reap back the same thing. We're going to reap back. You sow unconditional love everywhere you go, you're going to reap back unconditional love. You know, it may be difficult, and it is difficult, I think, um, to love somebody who's not loving you. Mm-hmm. But that's where the greatest blessing is, I believe, from God, because you get mm-hmm. to see what God can do with the unlovely if you can love them through it. And it's hard to love people through things sometimes. Uh, you know, we wear those bracelets, what would Jesus do? I think it might be better if we just said, what would love do? What would love do? Uh, in this situation, because, uh, you know, Pastor Bill and I are no <clears throat> different than any of you. We have our opportunities. Me? Yeah, sometimes. Really? <laughs> I have opportunities. Y'all want to counsel me? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> no, but we do. We have opportunities, but we had to choose a long time ago that what God had called us to do together was far more critical to the furtherance of the kingdom of God than whether we decided we liked what the other person did because we could not afford uh, strife because church happens on Wednesday and Sunday. And, you know, we had to be ready for Wednesday night. You can't preach in strife. We've tried before. It's bad. Tell them how we solved the issue. Well, we used to drive in two separate cars. That helped. But but we've grown up since then, and so now we can go in the same car together, and and really uh, we we have opportunities, you know, when we have situations that we have to hear from God and know what's God saying, and uh, you know sometimes we don't exactly say things to the other person, honey. I just think da da da. We you know we can get a little loud, and. Um, even Pastor Bill can get a little loud sometimes. I, I can get I very loud. I refer to it as firm. Firm. He calls it firm. I call it loud. Um, you know, I, I can be loud. You know, he calls me out of control, but that's, I just call it loud. Uh, so there you go. You know, things happen. Everybody say life happens. Life happens. And, uh, you know, we all face circumstances and situations. And, uh, you know, I always say to him, you're just saying the same thing. You just change the words. <laughs> How many of you know the way people say things is different sometimes? So we've had to learn how to walk in the kind of love that God would want to want us to walk in because we have responsibility for a lot of people as pastors of a church. You know, it says that we're not responsible for everything you do. I mean, I'm not going to take responsibility for everything you do, but we are responsible for imparting to you the truth of the word of God. And we're responsible to God to stay in a position where we're not operating in strife because it opens the door, not just to us and our family, but our whole church family. So we have a great responsibility. So we had to make a choice back there a long time ago that nothing that the enemy was trying to do was going to divide us. We will not be divided. We have had to stand sometimes in situations with our own children, with people in this church, but we will not be divided. Do you know the worst thing in a family is for a husband and wife to get divided and the kids find out? Oh, brother, it is all over but the shouting. 
That's a good word. I have decided a long time ago to walk in total, unconditional love toward my wife and to let her know that she has a right to be wrong anytime she wants to be. I don't pay attention. God will take care of him. Now, <laughs> that's what I think. It is, it is, it is really important. We always make now, it through. Yeah, we really, we really do. But uh, every single one of you, have opportunities, whether it's with a mate, whether it's with a neighbor, whether it's in a place of employment, where people don't do things. And what upsets you is that they're, don't doing, they're not doing things the way you think they should, and maybe they aren't doing things the way they should. How many of you realize there are some people you're concerned about that they're never going to change and they've never changed? May I, may I see your hands? Yeah. And every once in a while somebody will say, well, if they would just change, I'll be okay. And I say, you mean you're not going to be okay the rest of your life if they don't change? I, you never want your emotional well-being to be dependent upon another person. If you do, then you're only going to be emotionally up or down based on the other person. And that's the way a lot of people live their life, honey. And, and we're called with the, with the agape love. It is, it is an act of the will. It's just like breathing. It's just like, mm, I'm going to love everybody. They honk their horn at me. Oh, maybe they want to talk to me. I don't know. Maybe they don't <laughs> think they want to... <laughs> They're saying, they're saying just a minute, you know, <laughs> you get that in a minute. Jerry got it already back there in the back row. But, but the continual challenges are there in the world. And we have to be careful that we don't come down on people, but we come down on the acts of the devil. And the three things I want to share you, with you, because it's uh, th- that are continual challenges that exist in everybody's life. Uh, number one, there's God's will. Number two, there is in the world a, 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 an, an acceleration of self-will. And it is going under many different labels. So if I hit any of your labels, please forgive me. But some of the labels are, are, are certainly based on self-will. And then there's the devil's will. Self-will will will eventually line up with the devil's will. It is on a course to go hand in hand with the devil. You can start off with self-will for a while, but eventually you'll get diverted right into the devil. But right now we're living in a world, honey, where in America, uh, who would have ever thought, and we're older, but who would have ever thought that we would be one of the biggest abortion mills in the world, killing babies, uh, 60 million babies. God will judge America for this. this. The judgment of God is coming on America. Only question is whether or not the church is going to be here. Uh, and we'll talk about that some other time. But, but God is going to judge this country. With the decisions we've made, the immorality that's come into this country is totally demonic. But people have lined up with self-will to say, well, doesn't everybody have a right to do whatever they want to do? Doesn't everybody have a right to pull away from God? Doesn't everybody have a right to do whatever they want to do? Our schools, our colleges, we are living in a world today that the answer to all of this is not laws and it's not in who's in charge, although there should be a godly leader and a man who knows Jesus in the White House. That is without question, that is scriptural. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And we need to pray for that. We need to believe God for a righteous person, man or woman, doesn't matter who it is, what race they are of. But we need to understand that the devil is subverting people And they don't even realize it. But the answer is God's love. 
a country that wants to pull away from the love of God and do their own thing, God will let them. All you have to do is read the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, time and time again. God blessed the nation of Israel because they're his chosen people. It's his land that he gave to Israel. It's his land that he gave to his people. And then they would turn their back on God. America is just exactly like that. It isn't a Republican, a Democrat, uh, this type, that type, independent, anything. This nation has shown that they do not love God. Now, are there people like all of us that love God? Yes. But the nation has shown that we do not love God, and we're going to do it our way. That's why the White House was bathed in all those colors recently. That's why so many people, whether you want to label them as, uh, uh, as liberal or progressive or anything you want, anything that is contrary to the Word of God is a person or a nation that does not love God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, and all of their strength. What we have in America, what we have in the world today is a lack of love for God, and the entire world is shifting. I can feel the shift whenever I pray. I feel the shift in America. That shift is coming away from loving God, even in some mainline denominational churches, and the issue is love. Without the love of God, people won't love one another. That's why people are able to kill without any thought at all. Uh, that's, that's what happens if, if you get separated from God. And you don't have uh, the law of God was originally to show people their need for God, not a do and don't situation, just that you need Jesus. Without Christ, you cannot overcome the works of the enemy. That's impossible. So the more that people pull away from the Lord, the more inability they'll have to stand against the darkness. And uh, when, you know, in the beginning of my walk with the Lord, uh, several people prayed with me for situations. And, you know, the enemy is so subtle that that we want to be uh, okay and we want everything that we'd like to have. And so we we start that direction. Without God, people are seeking after Uh, having success or whatever it is in life they're looking for. But what they don't realize is what my husband said. Eventually, without God, they start walking with the enemy. Now, the enemy loves to give people whatever they want. That's He always satisfies the need, the immediate need. I mean, that's what he does. He's the angel of light. So he gives people what they don't understand is at first he's serving them but only to turn it and have you serve him. That's what the enemy does. Until you get to a place where you're not at all wanting to change because what God would have you do is no longer what you have pleasure in. You know what the Bible says in 2 Timothy where it says that men will be lovers of self more than lovers of God. It says more than they will they will be lovers of self more than lovers of God. Yep. They will love pleasure. Yeah. Everybody say pleasure. pleasure. Pleasure simply means pleasing self. They love to do what pleases them. And so they'll get to a place where they love pleasing themselves so much that then they won't love God anymore. Because you can't serve both both sides of that. So the enemy is seduces people with things that look good. Uh, You know, I know in situations in my life where, you know, things look like, oh, this will fix it. 
this this will fix my challenge of being a single mom with three kids. I'll just get married. How many of you know that's not an answer? Not if God didn't give you that person to marry. And so people get these ideas and they begin to follow them. And then when you get on the other side of that, you find out, wow, that wasn't the answer at all. Meanwhile, you have this devastation then that you have to face to get out of it. Because instead of the devil serving you, you are now serving the enemy. And that's how he entices people, through pleasure, through things that bring joy at the moment. Sin has pleasure for a moment or a season. And then comes the price and the wages of sin are death and so that's that seduction well if you have the love of god in you something is going to start pulling you don't do that you know how many of you have ever been there you know it's like don't say that i think that's one of the biggest problems we have just don't say that how many of you just love to say i mean if i could just say what i want to say and then i'll fix it later that that's not going to work. And so, you know, there's, but there's a, if you love God and you're reading the word of God and you're praying, it's real hard to go against that. But if you let go of all of that, it becomes easier and easier to follow after that. And that's where the world is now. There, the, the world as a whole, if you just look at what people vote for, now I know not everybody's voting, but people that vote, they're voting unrighteousness. That's what people are voting. Why? Because God's been removed further and further and further away. So they're just, itself is now going closer and closer and closer to the enemy. And he's seducing. He is seducing people into a place where he can control their life. That's what he does. You know, that's a good word you said, honey, about the, you know, the, the love of God will help you to sometimes not say things to people. Conversely, the love of God sometimes will have you share something with people mm-hmm. if you really love them. You see somebody going off a cliff and they don't want to be bothered by you, you might want to interject in their life and let them know that, you know what, this thing you're doing, it's a wrong thing. And they may not like you for it. But I've had so many people over the years that have had challenges with me. Can you imagine anybody having a challenge yeah, with me? Anyway, but, but, but because, sometimes, because sometimes counsels. you're very truthful, very honest, very open. They don't want to receive it, and they move away, and then they come back and say, wait, that's not. No, that is they, 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 they don't want anything to do with you, but then they... This just happened. I don't want to give this away. I just talked to this person. They've been going for quite some time. And as I caught myself, I caught myself looking at Ed and Aaron. They just came back. I'm not talking about them, by the way. It's like they moved away and they came back. No, no, no. But but this this fellow was in my office, and, and, and he came in, and he said, you know, I made a mistake. When I talked to you some time ago, I, I was confronted in love about some things that were going on. Sometimes you have an example with Jesus that it's not bad to confront somebody if that's what God wants you to do. And the example I want to give to you is when Jesus was with Peter, and it's in Matthew chapter 16, uh, uh, verse number 22, because sometimes people say, well, now you don't want to upset anybody. Folks, the body of Christ has been so complacent over the years that America is in a mess. 
Nations of the world are in a mess because people were complacent. People will look to the government to give them something instead of thinking and realizing that in a republic, the government works for us. And we have a constitution. And the constitution was given to us by Almighty God through the Declaration of Independence and that we live the constitution. We don't live by a dictate. This is why America was formed, to be a freedom of a republic. But if the body of Christ goes to sleep, and if this nation was given to us by God and the body of Christ goes to sleep, then the nation will drift into self-rule based on the leading of the devil. And you will see things that we're seeing happen in this nation. Well, this is what happened with Peter in, in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, it said, then Peter, took, uh, then Peter took Jesus aside because Jesus basically said what was going to happen to him. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, can I see the hands of all the people that would like to rebuke Jesus? I don't, I don't think any of us would do that. Peter was impetuous at the most. Far be it from you, Lord, that this is going to happen to you. In other words, you're not going to the cross. You're not going to do what you just said. <laughs> Peter turned around. How would you like to be walking to Jesus? Jesus, with Jesus, have him turn around. Peter, I'm going to tell you something firmly, not loudly, firmly. And it said, get behind me, Satan. Now he's talking to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. He let Peter have it. And he told Peter, hey, bud, you got the devil operating in your life, and I just cast him out. I bet you Peter started shaking. I bet you he went down. I bet you got up and said, yes, sir, I'm not going to go that way again. Yeah. Sometimes you really in love have to confront people because we can spend a whole lifetime enabling people if we don't confront people in love at the leading of the Holy Spirit and let them know that this path you're on is a slippery slope. And if you continue on this path, you're going to suffer the consequences of it. But I want you to know this. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to love you. And if you ever come to your senses like that prodigal son, you ever come to your senses, I want you to come on home. But I'm not going where you're going. I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to condone what you're doing. But every step of the way that you take toward that demonic force, I'm going to love you. And love is the strongest force that will draw people back, back honey. Love will bring people home yeah, well. without talking to them. Yep. Because in the spirit, love has a power. Yeah. That's, that's how God got you. Because yeah. he loved you and the Holy Spirit reached out and quickened you to come to Jesus. You know, that's not what man does. The Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that convicts men of their need for yeah. God. And so if we're praying, you know, love can pray and capture the heart's of people to Jesus. And, it, you know, they, now they get real ugly sometimes right before that. You know, just want to tell you, how many of you ever really been praying and interceding for somebody? The more you pray, the meaner they get. I mean, and then they start doing really bizarre stuff. And that's what the enemy wants is for us to, you know, interfere in that. If God tells you to do it, but if he doesn't tell you, just keep praying. Love keeps going after them. Love will get them. That's our, our little nephew out in Denver. Yeah. He's coming home someday. Came home one time, didn't work. Uh, but the story of the prodigal son is a great story about just loving people. And the, 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 when the prodigal son finally came to his senses, how many of you got some people out there, family or close friends, they haven't come to their senses yet? Mm -hmm. But you, you're standing for them, you're believing for them, 
Don't ever stop because you may be the only lifeline in the realm of the spirit that's out there for them. And and I, re, I remember when we brought them home. And, and you know, it, it, it could have broken our hearts, but it didn't. It, it, it damaged, you know, I mean, we felt it, the emotion, when he went back to Denver and back out on the streets, back into jail, back out of jail, into jail, on drugs, all sorts of stuff. But it, we, we know that someday... He's going to come to his senses. And the word that we had from the Lord, that someday the phone will ring and he, he'll, he'll call and we'll go get him and, and we'll do it again. Yeah, and we'll do it again and, and again. The next, and the next time it'll work. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's the way God is. I found out he has a Facebook. Does he? Yes. That's so I messaged him. That's great. Today. Because my sister said he does have Facebook. He's got two different names. So I messaged him on both. <clears throat> I guess I'm his friend. I don't know, but I messaged him. And I believe, I said to him, I've got your Colorado tree I was just decorating. When he was here, I bought this tree that I called, I told him, this is your tree. It's a Colorado tree. And I put a, I don't know, one of those reindeer with antler, you know, like an elk or something. I found that, hung it on there, and squirrels and all kinds of stuff that, you know, look like the woods. <laughs> and I still got that tree. And I look at that tree every Christmas, and that's his tree. And someday he'll come back to celebrate with that tree. I was out there with him at a park bench <clears throat> trying to get him to accept Jesus. That's God's job, not mine, but just sharing the love of the Lord with him. And he's he's convinced he's going to teach me how to how to pass a urine test uh, <laughs> at, the, at, at the jail. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I started laughing. I thought, God, this is so hilarious. I'm trying to lead him to you to save his life. He's trying to tell me how to circumvent a urine test at the jail. Uh, uh, anyway, it's this fruit you eat and all this kind of stuff. I, a couple of people here don't know what I'm talking about, I know. But, but anyway, but if, if, if you ever study... Uh, what is happening in the end times. I think James 3.16 is a perfect example. And it says that where there is strife and where there is self-seeking in individuals, there will be confusion and every evil work. Okay, well, does that come because I'm seeking self? No, it comes because you don't love God. That's why you're seeking self. Does it come because I'm in strife? No, it's not just the strife. It's because you don't love God and you've allowed yourself to get into strife. If you love God more than anything, you're not about to get into strife. You're not about to get into self-seeking. You're not about to walk away from the things of God because you love him that much. I, I lo- I, and I know this is a silly example, but, you know, it works. If, you, if you're not doing it with people, you're not that you see, you're not doing it with an unseen person like God. Uh, my wife loves to have her feet rubbed. She really does. Now, we laugh about that a lot this year. She loves to have her feet rubbed. I want you to know, I don't particularly like to sit for an hour in front of a TV set and rub her feet. However, Especially with Hallmark. However. <laughs> oh, God. Another Hallmark movie. Jeez. When it starts, he goes, do you suppose... That they're going to be kissing by the end? Do you think they really will? I don't know. I don't know. We how, never know, do we? I, I don't know how anybody <laughs> can be absolutely hooked on Hallmark love stories, but my wife is. But I know this. I love her so much that I enjoy rubbing her feet, 
even though I don't particularly like to do it. Does that make sense? Does it make sense to you? I would rather set. You you know what it's like to rub somebody's feet and try to eat popcorn. You know, it's just. <laughs> I, I His would. His real r- problem is hugging the dog and petting her while he's trying to rub my feet because she's jealous. I, I guess the point I'm making. I haven't mastered it. No. But if you love somebody with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, all of your strength, and then God gives you somebody, then you would want to increase their value and you would want to do everything you can to give back to them. And that I think it starts in the home. I think it starts with our children. Children need to be hugged. They need to be loved. They don't need to be told they're never going to amount to anything. They don't need to be told that they're not going to get it and how bad they are. They Find something about everybody. I heard somebody say this years ago. It's not original with me. Everybody on the face of the earth has something that you can glean from and get out of them. And for some, you have to look harder than others. But everybody on the face of the earth has something yeah. that we can latch on to and love. And, and so what happens then is it, we don't go the way of self because that's where the devil's lurking. He walks about as a roaring lion. Who can he get? He gets that one sheep that just kind of filters out from the flock. And what is that show we used to watch? You used to cover your eyes. I used to love it. Uh, uh, you know, it's the, the Wild Kingdom, you know, and you see it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The little something's, uh, you see it start to filter out, and then your lion's waiting there, and that lion's going to get a good meal tonight, and you're watching, and the guys are all ready to go, and the girls are going, oh, no, no, no. Pam's praying for that thing, but I know it's already going to get eaten. <laughs> but But we get to the point... When we don't want anything of self, we love God so much that, God, this is the day you... It's not a song we sing. It's a worship we live. God, this is the day you have made. I shall rejoice in it. What do you have for me today? Who do you want me to touch? That person that just cut in front of me in the traffic and give me this and that. And, yeah, I'll buy their meal at the uh, uh, McDonald's or, or whatever. Love is the most powerful force on the face of the earth. And love doesn't have conditions. Love is unconditional. Yep. That means it's not based on somebody's performance. It's really simple. It's really simple. Love is unconditional. And if we would move into that love, faith works by love. Everything works by love. Every mechanism works by the love of God. And when we have that manifest, I, I truly believe it will draw people to us. And, and, and for the few moments we have left, I, I want to share with you that when Jesus gave the greatest commandment and, and, uh, and responded about that love, one of the most important things is for you to understand how much God loves you. Until you understand that, you will not be able to walk in this love to the full extent that God wants you to walk in it. But number two, you have to understand that God wants you to love yourself as he loves you. And that it is that love, it is not a self-love, it is the love you got from God to reflect in you and through you to others. If you love yourself the way God loves you, The self-image that you have, the God-image that you have of yourself, of God in you, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you will not shrink away from letting God use you. 
You won't be down and demoralized. You won't feel bad about yourself. You will feel good about the God in you that God wants to use you. That was the hardest thing for me, being through business failure, being through divorce, being through everything in my life. And then we got together and we compared notes and everything. But it was so hard to get up, lift your head up and say, you know what? I love me. This sounds pretentious, it sounds prideful, it sounds arrogant to the world, but I can honestly say to you today, not years ago, but today, I love myself. I love what God has done in me. I love what he's shown me. I love the love of God in me. I love what I see when I look in the mirror because the old guy is not there any longer. Do I slip sometimes? Sure I do, but I get back up. Uh, But I'm not going to allow the devil to try to make me something other than what God said I am. Mm -hmm. And I know what God said. Do I live up to it all the time? No way. But do I want to? Yes. And I know this. If I love me the way God loves me and wants me to love me, I can love anybody. But if I cut that love off and don't love myself, I'll start loving people conditionally instead of unconditionally. And I believe you've been there. I believe, I believe everybody has been there where we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. Otherwise, we'll see ourselves through the failures of our past, through the mistakes, through the hurt that came to us, the hurt we gave out, and we'll never be able to be used the way God wants to use us. And love is the answer, really. Uh, Jesus is the answer, but God is love. Jesus is love. So that's where the answer is for the church. And I believe in the day we're living in, it will be the gift that God uses in our lives to bring people to Jesus. Because the world is so angry and so hurting. That love that's unconditional is just something they can't escape from. They can't. They can't get over it, even if they try to get over it. How many of you have somebody that you know they just don't like you? Yeah. I challenge you to start praying for them. Yep. I challenge you to start praying and pray that God will change their heart, that they will be blessed, that they'll be delivered from evil. Begin to pray over them what will really release them. Not for you, so they'll like you, but so they'll love God. Because that's really what will set them free, is the love of God. We will never be able to change a person with our words. It's the love of God that changes people. I'm convinced of that from my own life and the lives of people we've ministered to over the years. When people get a revelation of how much God loves them, they begin to come alive again. They begin to be healed. They begin to walk in the things that God's called them to be. Let's all stand because I want us to pray tonight. Certainly for those that maybe are here that have never received Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I believe that the turning point in my life... And, honey, you can comment on this, too. But the turning point in my life certainly came when I found out how much God loved me. But it really came when I began to see myself the way God loved me and began to accept myself and love myself and let all the past go. And you know that situation. You know the whole, the, you know how it was with you to be able to see yourself the way God sees you and not with all the junk in in the past but in the present and the future until that happens 
you stymie the progression that God wants us to follow. You know, I think that uh, the greatest thing for me was that nobody had to make it be all right for me. Yeah. Nobody could make it be all right for me. So when I met Bill, uh, I wasn't looking for him to be my source. Yeah. I already had my source. Yeah. And I already had all the love that I needed to succeed. So when I met Bill, I didn't marry him thinking, well, he, we got to work this out so he becomes what I need and I become what he needs because my need was Jesus. My ministry was him. Does that make sense? When somebody becomes your ministry instead of your source, yeah. it's a whole lot different. It just becomes a whole different issue. Children are your ministry because God gave them to you and you're supposed to raise them. That's a ministry. How many of you believe raising children is a ministry? You know, I'm away to grandchildren now. I mean, it is a ministry to raise children and grandchildren and whatever, you know. But 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 when they're not your source, when I married Bill, I did not, uh, I didn't get upset because he had us in debt. I mean, he tried to tell me, don't marry me, I'm in debt. I married him because I knew God get said, marry him and be his wife. So that's what I was supposed to be. So I didn't, I didn't need him to be able to pay for everything because I knew God would. That's right. So I didn't have expectations that he's going to do this for me. He's going to do this for me. And, and this is how this is going to work. It just was, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for him. But he also married me thinking that I was his ministry. That makes for a great marriage. Now, we had our issues because sometimes we get over that self-will. And he is not like me in every way. And I'm not like him, for sure, in every way. But we complement one another. And so when we let each other be who we were called to be, it really works well. That's right. But it doesn't work well when I try to, to make him be what I need or what he needs me to be. I'm supposed to be that. Does that make sense? Love frees people. That's what God did. He freed you. He set you free. He set you free to be you. And you are the best you you can be. I mean, there's nobody like you. Amen. It's a good word. Would you bow your heads with, with us just for a moment? I want to ask you this question. Do you know for sure if your life ended today, you would be in heaven? And if you're here and you don't have that assurance... Let this be tonight and the night that you settle the issue. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You've walked away from God. He still loves you, but he wants you to come home. And if I've described you, let this be the night that you settle the issue and come home. I'm going to ask you just to slip in your hand in the air if that's you you'd say I know my life isn't right I know I need to come back to the Lord yes I see your hand right over here yeah I see your hand over here yes I see your hand back there in the back I see your hand are there others just between you and the Holy Spirit anyone else now while we're still in prayer how many of you are having a difficult time loving yourself 
the way God loves you until this issue is settled. It will stop you from being what God has called you to be. How many of you would say, that's me? I do not see myself the way God sees me with that love. All of you that lifted your hands, I want you to come quickly to the altar and we're going to pray. I believe this will be a night of setting you free to love yourself the way God loves you, to see yourself the way God sees you. I want us all to pray this prayer right now as they're coming. For those three of you that lifted your hands, I want to pray for you, this lady on the end. This lady right here, Sandy, will you help us? This lady and the lady all the way on the end there. Let's all pray this prayer right now. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. For every one of you at this altar, we're going to pray for you. I believe this is going to be a night when that burden is going to lift off of you of seeing yourself through the past. You're going to see yourself as God sees you with his love, loving yourself the way God loves you. Stretch your hands out here toward these at this altar. Pam, if you want to start on the other end, I'll start down here. Sandy, come on up here with us. And let's begin to pray. Go ahead and worship. Korashatam. 